Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hi. And Forrest. Hi. Gosh, of course. Everyone can mock me. It's okay. Welcome to Suplex the Sticks. I wasn't (laughs) mocking you. I was just copying you. Oh, well. I was mocking Seth, though. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, That's good. He can can be humbled sometimes. (laughs) Um, Even though Seth and I had a great humbling at the Magic and Heat game this weekend, so... Mm. As we, I don't think were, it was so much of a humbling because we didn't. I mean, the Magic aren't really a good team at yeah, this point. I was, I was taunting at some points aggressively because <laughs> we were ahead by like twenty. Oh, look, that's what you do at a home game. Yeah, you taunt and then you get your comeuppance. <sighs> and one of the times was great because, like, they made a little bit of a comeback and, like. This big contingency of the crowd was yelling, let's go heat. And then um, I believe, I can't remember who it was, but someone sunk a three like while they were yeah. chanting it. And it made them all it shut up. Great. It was the best. Oh, that's nice. Uh, that was almost And then after that, it seemed game. like the game was going to be over, but somehow they <laughs> lost. <laughs> yeah, somehow it. Somehow, Somehow Palpatine, Palpatine returned. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was just thinking that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, right, Somehow the Heat won. Yeah. Um, it, actually, that, that works because for some reason the Orlando Magic's fourth quarter music is the Star Wars theme. I can't remember what. I, I think it's just the Force theme. The, the main theme. Because uh, it wasn't the Galactic March or the Empire March or anything. Yeah, it was just like um, the the theme. The main fanfare. Um, so actually, Star Wars does tie in a little bit. Uh, I got a Retroid Pocket 3 Plus. Uh, it is a little machine that plays video games. We all what? love... I love machines that play video games. Right? Tell me I, more. <laughs> Especially Listen. little ones. Uh, oh, Seth, you're going to love this one, especially because it comes in your favorite color and my favorite color and maybe even Ford's favorite color, I, at least for a console. I am a sucker for it. Uh, I would have every console this color if I could. I got it in translucent purple, baby. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, it is beautiful. It's the only way to go when the, uh, when the option is present. Right. And in this case, it definitely is. Uh, it also comes in a bunch of other different colors. Uh, including who cares like about a it? translucent teal, which is kind of nice, but you got to go with translucent purple. Absolutely. Um, but this thing, uh, I'm not going to tell you or endorse how to get any of these video games. Um, you know, I, I don't know how you live your life, but you can run basically everything up to GameCube and PS2 games on this thing, uh, including uh, if you make some concessions uh, and like do some like weird screen swapping stuff that I've seen. You can run two, uh, 3DS, DS uh, games on it, too. That's and Wii U, if you pair some stuff down. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it is, uh, it is basically an Android phone. It's, it runs on the Android 
OS and it Woo. um you can just load games however you could do that yep. possibly onto it and it's uh, it's great i have been playing super empire strikes back on <laughs> and super star wars from oh, the wow. super nintendo on it because nice. i had those games as a kid and i looked at them very fondly uh you know that I also have started a Golden Sun file because I don't need to wait now for it to show up on yeah. the Nintendo online. And and let me tell you guys, this thing is like Forrest can see it. It's maybe a little bit bigger than what the Game Boy Advance was. Yeah. Um like I would say it's maybe like an inch at the most longer it's, it's than a, like the Game Boy SP was when it was fully unfolded. Yeah, if you have a switch light around you, it is about an a uh, half an inch short smaller yeah. than the switch light. Um and it has two the a full set of shoulder buttons and dual uh joysticks. Um whole deal uh, and it comes with 128 gigs of onboard memory. Uh, this thing is, I mean, I'm not, uh, we are, we're not paid to do an ad for this thing, but this is a beefy little machine for 150 bucks. And I love it. I'm so excited. I messed around in Golden Sun, uh, Dragon Ball Z Legacy of Goku, Ooh, which is. Wait, which one? Uh, the first one. The I worst one. I have all three on there. Don't worry. Okay, good. Well, Legacy s- of Goku 1, 2, and Booze Fury. Fury. I'm sorry that you're uh, playing one at all. That I game like is, that game. That game is the most broken game that I've ever played. I like it. <laughs> I Listen, I have fond memories of playing it. Uh, I haven't touched it yet, but the Dragon Ball Z trading card game, oh Game Boy Advance game. Yeah. I have fond Listen, memories of playing that. There are so many DBZ there, Game Boy games. Let it's me, insane. Forrest, I haven't touched them yet. And Seth, you might want to listen. You don't know how many Bionicle games there were on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, there were. They are I, mostly all bad, but there I were only, a lot. I only remember two off the top of my head, and I've, that's because I owned one of them. I've got like five of them on here. Jeez. Oh, and I also have Digimon Racing, which was a game, I guess, uh, <laughs> yep. for the yep. Game Boy Advance. That. Nice. Um, I'm, you I'm Digimon Battle Spirits. I'm I'm discovering a bunch of games that I could have had access to when I was a kid, but I didn't. Missed out on. Right. Either by money or just not knowing they existed because yeah. the internet wasn't around back then. Happens to um, all of us. Like, there's a side-scrolling Captain America game that was on the Sega that I didn't know about. Well. Um, right. Like, there's <laughs> there's a bunch of games on the Sega Genesis. Uh, um, like, there's just a bunch of games that as I was looking online, I'm like, man, I didn't know this existed yeah. and i i had i it was within my wheelhouse of interests uh why did i not play this um and so it's it's kind of nice to have the option to go back now yeah um i'll tell you one of the weird ones that i'm really really excited to get to is i've always heard that pokemon xd gale of darkness is a good play or at least fun and I, I love it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but like it has some of the similar problems that Stadium or not not Stadium, Coliseum 
had. I don't think I ever played Coliseum. I okay. played Stadium, but not Coliseum. Uh, I I think you'll have a fun time with it, just of how different it is from the Pokemon that you know normally. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to play that. Um, but the screen on it is fantastic. I, I wholeheartedly recommend this thing to anyone. One of the reasons I wanted a Steam Deck was to do this sort of thing with it. Uh, and this is $400 cheaper than a Steam Deck and yeah. also a, f- a fifth of the size of the Steam Deck and weight probably. Um, so uh, I I wouldn't I, – I will say from what I've read online, don't get the 2 or 2 plus be- or the 3 normal because they don't run – they don't have the internals to be able to do GameCube and PS2. Um, just the three plus does. Um, and there's more expensive versions of this sort of thing out there called like the Odin and stuff like that. But in my opinion, you're, you're spending a lot more money for better performance when it still can't run higher than what this one can run. Even if the frame rate isn't the best sometimes it's still good though with, if you manage it. But yeah, I uh, shout out to my friend Colin who bought one of these, and then um, I, you know, he told me how great it was, and it it got me in. I was sold and hooked. Uh, it Just has like similar to me in the backbone, right? Yeah. And and the thing is, uh, man, Seth, this brings up another great point. I love my backbone a lot. Uh, my physical one inside my body and. Uh, the one that goes onto my phone. But one of the things that we have talked about. Yeah, both are important. Uh, one of the things we have talked about is frustration of dealing with getting notifications while playing games on your phone. Um, and you can load, because this is built on Android, you can get these streaming apps on this thing. And the Wi-Fi chip is strong enough that you... And fast enough that you can clearly do, uh, clearly and effectively do the console streaming with it. Um, so and it's got vibration. Uh, so that's nice. That is kind of bonkers. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I'll still use my backbone because there's uh, yeah, there's like uh, you know, there's games on the phone on my iPhone that I have that I'm not going to bother um, getting on this thing. But, you know, it's it's still nice to have different options uh, for sure. Uh, and especially I like my, my backbone a lot. And the... <laughs> My phone screen is bigger than the phone. Than yeah. My phone it, is. Your phone li- itself is my like. My phone is actually literally the size of the Retroid Pocket yeah. 3. <laughs> Almost <laughs> completely. So this like when I feel like playing something on the bigger screen, I'll use my backbone. But, yeah. Uh, it's. That also just goes to say um, this thing absolutely can fit in your pocket. It could. It's the namesake. I, I have a little case yeah. for it because it has joysticks on it. Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you, man, one of the reasons I got this mainly is that there's times where, like, Marianne is feeding the baby at Disney or something. Or, like, we're waiting in line yeah. somewhere. Yeah. 
And it's not always feasible to bring your Switch with you, um, especially to Disney or something. Especially this if you is, have, like, the OLED or anything right. that's not the light, really. This is much smaller. Yeah. And so I can pop this thing into a lounge fly or the diaper bag, and it's not going to take up, like, any space. And it's easy. It's going to be easy to grab and just put a couple, like, maybe 30 minutes into Golden Sun or something or... Yeah. You know, I can play a couple rounds of uh, one of my favorite Super Nintendo games that I put on it, uh, Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. <laughs> mm, that is a heck of a title. Uh, it's a weird game, Com- dude. Combat Basketball. My brother in Christ, hey. yes. Uh, Bill Lambeer, have no clue who he is. Probably was a basketball player. He um, was. Very uh, dirty one. But... Uh, combat basketball, where both pass and shoot are attached to the same button, just depends on if you're holding a direction. Um, so you have to fully stop while in stride to shoot the ball. <laughs> it's a that's, very that's great design. It is a very weird video game uh, that I played a lot of as a kid um, on the Super Nintendo, um, and it's basically basketball with tackling allowed and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so and, and it makes sense if he's a dirty player, Seth, because this is all about futuristic combat inside oh, yeah. basketball. He he was he was whacking people for sure. On the court. That yeah. is. I'm not I'm not insin- <laughs> insinuating he was a mobster. Right. Um well, yeah. um so I don't know for certain. That's good to clarify because yeah. you don't want to get killed by him. Yeah. I don't right, right, if right. he is even still alive. Um, who knows, uh, Mr. Lambeer, I'm sorry, uh, if Seth has, uh, <laughs> Lambeer, Lambeer, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but other than that, I haven't been playing much. It did take me like, I'll be honest, I'm not the most graceful with stuff. It took me like two hours to figure this thing out the other night and get it to where it mm. was running. Uh, but now I know anyone that buys it, I can easily walk you through it. So wonderful! Um, I will look into one of these. Yeah, for <laughs> to be sure. honest, especially with um the 3ds eShop now going the way of the dodo. There are other ways that I would like to partake in some things. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know I I played some Fire Emblem still. I'm still enjoying it. I haven't beat it yet. I'm not going to beat it anytime soon, yeah. probably, but I am playing through it. It's a long game. Um, yeah, uh, truly. It, I, like, I played so much of it this weekend, and I don't ha- have much to really say about it that I hadn't already said. I heard that the fog of war gets really aggressive near the end of it, and, like, uh, one yeah, of the... Yeah, there's some maps where it's quite annoying. Uh, uh, where... I was listening to one of my podcasts, uh, Waypoint. Uh, Renata Prize on there was saying that uh, they they really liked uh, Fire Emblem Engage, but they also disliked that it is a strategy game where sometimes you send in an unevenly matched squad into the fog of war and then they get utterly decimated. Uh, yes, uh, I can confirm that. Uh, three separate battles this week, and when I was playing, I was stuck on for like an hour because I just kept getting wiped. Like so, an hour each. 
Um, I guess my question, how important is, is it to do the side missions in this? Uh, I haven't really been doing any of the skirmishes or like extra battles and stuff lately. I've just been focusing, like when I'm not doing the main story, I've just been going and doing some of the paralog missions just because they get you either new um, units for your party or level up some of your uh, emblem characters. Right. Um, and I found that it, it kind of depends on how many characters in the game you like to use. Yeah. Um, that too. Which is, you know, I think it's a big problem I have with the game is that for like 75% of it, every time you start a new chapter, you're getting like three new characters. Yeah. Um, so you can That's only bring insane. in like seven of the right. and ten that you normally would. Yeah, there's like a maximum of, in the later missions, like 12 characters that you can bring in. So hmm. like if you if you find that there are 12 that you really like and only want to use those, then you don't really need to do a lot of the side stuff. Um, but they are like the most efficient way to get gold generally, because yeah. really the only way. Um, I mean, you get big, um, uh, like donations to your army at, at at certain points in the story. Um, but the skirmishes are kind of um the way that you can guarantee to get gold from stuff um and there are in the like the latter half of the game you unlock special missions based where you are fighting against uh emblems yes um, and those on, on, things are on maps <laughs> yeah and those are those take those are cool they take place on maps based off of missions from their game yeah um and they they general and they have remixes of music from their game so they're kind of fun to do and by f- beating those you on un- like unlock 20 more levels that you can uh do on your emblem um so yeah like there it's i don't know that it's super required it is sort of weird because the emblem missions when they unlock are generally kind of, I don't know, maybe like seven to ten levels higher than the story missions are. Yeah. Like the required mission, the required leveling. So, um, they absolutely, like when they, when they unlocked for me, I wanted to do them. And so it did require me like grinding a bit of those side missions in order to get my characters, uh, (laughs) up to level. Um, which of course has the the effect of overleveling your characters versus the story missions, but that does eventually kind of catch up near the end. Yeah. Um, See, with I me, mean, with I, so I I I've finished the game, which is why I I know this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Like the side stuff, you basically only need to do as much as you want to do. Yeah, uh, for me, I, think I you could probably get through the story without doing a whole lot of it if that's just what you were focused on. Yeah, like uh, I jumped straight into those emblem challenge missions, and those were like half of what I was stuck on for so long. But like they absolutely stress that you use strategy and also maybe be okay with some of your units dying. 
um, are getting taken out, like, just out of nowhere sometimes. That's crazy. It, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's... It is frustrating. I, so one thing I, I never <coughs> I never talked about when I, when I first started talking about this game on here is I started the game on hard mode, and then once I had the ability to... Uh, change the difficulty back to normal I did because I had so many people die in like the first um, couple missions like near the end of of, of engagements and stuff that I was like okay uh, I'm going to turn this down. Of course then like by chapter 5 or so you get the the draconic time crystal which allows you to uh, back up yeah. to, like prior turns uh, and uh, I'm assuming on hard there are limited uses, but on normal mode you have unlimited uses of those. So um, can confirm. Yeah. Uh, though I did get, I mean, I did get through the game without anyone dying permanently. Yeah. Um, one thing about there, there are some side missions that are called like training, um, where you go into like a training battle with uh, a, an army of a castle or something, and in yeah, those, like if your allied. character dies, they do come back af- after the end. So those. So that that was good to know. Um, I had to look it up to make sure, but they they do have a specific like different dialogue indicating that they're um, rather than dying, they're kind of bowing out of the battle. Yeah. Mm. Right. I think that the reason those um, emblem missions are so difficult it kind of speaks to the way that the design of the games has changed um and i don't know that like they're not of course one-to-one recreations um but i do think that those games in general had like earlier games in general had tougher encounters oh yeah they are much more Um, cutthroat they like i wouldn't say that they're anywhere near as complex as i think a lot of fire emblem can be now but they were just straight up just hard yeah um, the, like the series has definitely evolved in ways that I think are good, uh, but there are also some that I, you know, it has gone away from being a a harder. Um, I don't want to say more down to earth, but um, it definitely <laughs> was more about like you, like a, a small band of of troops going up against much. Uh, more powerful, uh, very un- very unfavorable odds against yeah. enemies, and that's where a lot of the strategy came in. In the passive was trying to survive and work your way through those yeah. encounters. Whereas now, like uh, especially in engage, like we are definitely just building a whole army for ourselves, and we are also the most powerful being in existence. Right, cuz <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter all that much who, like who you're up against because you're essentially god. Yeah. Um and it's 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 interesting the so some things that happen at the end like the end of the story are kind of weird uh and I'll tie this back like it made me think about this like talking about older games. Um of course the story in this game is kind of nonsense and I've talked about how I hate all the characters. Um <laughs> But like, I think the game also has a big, like, for me, a problem with wanting or at least trying to, like, redeem all of its villains or at least make them appear like tragic villains. Yeah. Um, even, 
the dark dra- the the fell dragon Sombron sort of gets this really dumb long moment at the end of the game. Really, where, where okay. it's kind of like, oh, like yeah, I'm evil, but here are the reasons why I did all the things that I had to do. Um, and it's just kind of like, okay, man, this is like I I don't really care about all. He's this like, stuff. I I didn't really uh, ask. <laughs> you're not really all that great of a character to begin with. You don't yeah. really have a lot of character traits. Um, it is weird, uh, but the very at the very end, after you beat him, there's this long cutscene where you're of like this long conversation between the the Sombron and and Alir, and Sombron brings up this. I mean, I, I don't want to give it away, but he brings up something like he introduces a new plot point in right at the in end the, in the world right at the end what <laughs> which is then never followed up on cuz it's the um, end and it's 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 insane like DLC baby it, uh I don't think so just engage of, 2 baby just because of the like it 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 seems to go against the, the like the fundamental rules that they've established in this world and it's just like I don't and, and I, after it, I, you know, I went online trying to find up, find anyone if they knew the identity of this thing or could spread any light. Um, and a lot of people think it's just sort of a meta textual moment, like refer, like self-referential kind of thing, referring mm. to the history of video games and or something like that. What, what? Um, uh, you know, I could, I don't know what this plot did, beat did is, he, but I think I could did the maybe dragon, like, give look that. at the camera and go. Wubble up a dub dub or something. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 so, no. The fire emblem um, was in your heart all along, player. It's your guiding key. <laughs> well, look, I'll I'll just tell you. Um, so like, there are thirteen emblems in the game, which represent thirteen. The not the thirteen mainline games, because there's there's actually one game which isn't represented, which is Fire Emblem Three, which was a sequel to the first one. And had oh all yeah, game, all the same characters. Yep, Fire Emblem Three. So is they like didn't. Super so that one is not. That one is not. It's not. Yeah, no one talks about it. It's fine. Um, but otherwise, all of the other main characters, like all the emblems, represent the heroes, for the most part, from all of those games. And then, and you know, there's no other Fire Emblem games, so there's. You know, like there's different lords in different games, and we've seen some of them are going to be in DLC. Um, but then Sombron, like, he reveals that, you know, he came from another world or something where there were their oh own emblems. And, like, he was a survivor of this great war, and he was able to get out with this one emblem um, called the Emblem of Foundations. And then, like, it's never shown. And then he dies, and the identity of this character is never explained or or oh my God. This, this is it's a Kingdom Fortnite. Hearts. No, that's no the way. Rock's code name in Fortnite. The foundation. foundation. Oh my he's, God! Shut up. He's he, <laughs> he came in with the Rock. I mean, that's, look, that's as good a guess as any. A lot of people think that it's like referencing. I think it could guy, reference a future uh, game. I don't think so. I don't think it's referencing a future game. It's referencing um, Fortnite tactics. This but <laughs> a lot of people online think that it might be referencing like the creator of Fire Emblem, um, whose what? name is Kaga, as or or some people like I I saw a compelling argument 
Because the way Sauron describes him, he's like uh, um, a character who doesn't speak and he doesn't rely on bonds with other people. He's just kind of a, a single man army that used his own power to get through. And a lot of people oh, think... Oh, it's the that, like, playable it's, character from... It is, kind of. <laughs> I was going to say the playable <laughs> character from uh, Deltarune. Well, look, I mean, there's a lot of people who are just, like, think it's it's sort of referencing RPG protagonists of the past, just kind of in general. Um, yeah. Like, the the silent protagonist. Like, someone may, could made a compelling argument that since it's Nintendo, it could actually be referencing Link. Um, oh, my God. Uh, but anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember seeing it a bunch of these threads, like... People complaining about how, like, current intelligence systems, they, they like, have this need to kind of, you know, redeem characters. And um, a lot of people wanting to, wishing that they could get more, uh, I guess, more, not, again, grounded down to earth. not really the term when we're talking about, you know, medieval warriors using magic and fighting ancient dragons. You could um, say, like, focused and consistent Characters, right, though. but like more focus on like the war narrative of it, uh, yeah. and a lot of people are just like, it, it was just interesting because a lot of people took the stance of throwing their hands up and be like, uh, well, I don't, re- we don't really have any expectation that this team can deliver those kinds of stories, um, so we're fine with like getting what we we have, and it's just <laughs> it's sort of weird, um, and I thought it was kind of funny. Because I I do tend to agree with that, um, and so when we're talking about like the way that older games were designed, it, it's just you know they're they're very different design philosophies coming from teams who are aiming to do different things. Um, yeah, I I do hope that it was it was a I found it very neat that so much of um character was or or so much importance was given to Sigurd who is the main character of Fire Emblem 4 which listeners will know I think is the best one um and I really wish we'd get a remake and I'm hopeful that like its inclusion in this like maybe shows that Nintendo is at least aware of the desire in the community for people to be able to play those games um I don't know. I wish that that game would get remade. I I also think that the game with Roy would be is a great yeah. candidate to get remade. Binding Blade. Uh, I don't know. It's cool. I I I I did like all that stuff. That's specifically talked like where we were focused on the emblems and their conversations they have about their own games and the final boss battle kind of calls back to all of the the villains and stuff that they fought. It was it was kind of neat. It's sort of weird that the emblems are kind of in this game more developed characters than the actual characters in the game, but <laughs> that is sort of weird. I I have noticed yeah. a bit of that. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. They're I've said I've said a lot about the characters in this game, but and there yeah. is simultaneously a lot to be said about them and also hardly anything. Um, yeah. Like, some of my favorite characters in this game, which is hard to come by, are at the most two-dimensional characters. Like, thank God they're yeah. not entirely one-dimensional, but they're also not fleshed out enough to be 
three-dimensional characters <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I, yeah. And also yeah. in their support conversations, like every character has one, like their one character trait and that's what all of their support conversations are about. It's yeah. it, like, even those were like, like we've said, this, the, the story stuff is kind of mercifully brief and all the character stuff until the end where you get really long conversations. Um, when, of course, where they're trying to like add complexity after the fact to the villains and it's sort of weird, but, um, I don't know. Like I still had a lot of fun playing the game. Um, yeah. I mean, absolutely. There's I, issues with it. The game itself is definitely enjoyable. I think there is enjoyment to be had in all aspects of the game, really, even to the characters in the story. But it is definitely basic, especially compared to Three Houses. And there are points where I think the villains and the antagonists in general are just like cartoonishly antagonistic. In the in their writing and in their interactions and in like the decisions that they make, and yeah, absolutely, it's I think fine. The, the game itself <laughs> is very cartoonish, which yeah, you know has has its pros and cons. Um, I, I think I think that's um, like I think that's okay, uh, like for the game to yeah. do that because I don't think that's where the focus of it really is. Anyways, I think a lot of work went into this game on the gameplay side of things. Like I've never once felt bored in, in a combat encounter or like I was treading ground that I was not at least curious how to find a way to work myself around. If I was struggling, like, yeah, absolutely. Even for me, even in instances where I was like a lot stronger than the enemy units, um, like there were still times where I felt I had to be, you know, I had to maneuver carefully because yeah, the AI is not like there are some ways to exploit the AI and and make it so they like they will attack characters who are a lot stronger when weaker characters are also within range, um, which is absolutely what older games would do. Like you could not you could not put any weak character out there because they would get yeah. blasted firsthand. But, I I have um, ran into that a lot lately. Yeah, but there are like uh even even when you're stronger than the opponent, you do have to make there are instances where you have to make decisions carefully because and and not leave characters out on an island and, and stuff like that. So I yeah. yeah, I think I mean I think the actual engagements are all fun. Um and there's some that are generally difficult to do. Yeah, uh, and I I can say that I'm glad that I went to normal mode because those like first few chapters are an indication it, it I would have had a lot less fun. Um, it's okay to yeah. knock difficulty down. Yeah, it's important that people know that because sometimes games are hard to the point where they're not fun. Yeah, and I'm just trying to have fun. Me too. <laughs> Especially in games that I like, but I'm kind of bad at. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Um, what else have you played, Seth? Well, I... After the Nintendo Direct of last week, you know I had to pick up Metroid Prime. Correct, yeah. And I, I have been playing that, and it is... 
as fun and as good as I remember it. I don't know if I ever played through the game like as a kid when it came out. I know I experienced a lot of like all three Metroid Primes kind of secondhand from watching my brother play them. Um, but I don't know if I had ever played it on the GameCube. I, I did play through it on the Wii um, for the Metroid Prime trilogy, which I got uh, when GameStop reprinted it. Um, and I'll say, like, I have... I I am not sure once I finish this game if I will find myself plugging the Wii, back, the Wii U back in to play <laughs> 2 and 3. Um, that's kind of a pain, because you have to use pointer controls. Yeah. Um, I will say that, like... Like all the good things about Metroid Prime are still here. The 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 visuals on this game are incredible. Um it's weird because it is that thing where like you in your mind you remember Metroid Prime looking really good because it did look really good on the GameCube. And so booting up this game, it's kinda like, oh well they didn't change the graphics at all. Uh, the gra- but the graphics are like a million percent better. It's just like it this game hits that spot where it looks exactly the way you remember it looking in your brain. Yeah. Um, even though, like, it, it, it actually it, it looks a lot better than the original one. And, like, but it's, it, I guess it just goes to show how much, like, the original game holds up because none of the mechanic, like, mechanically everything is the same. Um, the addition of the dual stick controls is really nice. Like, there are times where it legitimately feels like a game changer and just sort of being able to move around and look um, at the same time. But there also, for me, there has been a weird thing where I find myself, like, in different scenarios, shifting between using the trigger to shoot and using the face button to shoot. Hmm. Um, And when Hmm. I use the face button, it takes my thumb off the other trigger, which makes it hard to... (laughs) Hard to maneuver, or or rather, I guess it makes it more like the it used to be. Um, so that has been a, an interesting experience, and I don't know what it is that makes me switch. Uh, I think it's easier to shoot more, like hit the button faster using my th- my thumb rather than my forefinger. Um, but it's just weird how it sort of happens randomly, and I'll find myself in a in a fight and not able to move because I'm holding like the charge beam down. Uh, with my thumb and I have to like weirdly maneuver a different finger to to cause cause the character to, to look somewhere else so I can lock on and shoot um, it's a great game the music's incredible like it it always was it's just it's it's super awesome to have this game which a lot of people uh, consider to be one of the best games ever made like in given this new cone of paid and, and given to a new audience, I, it's it's just it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into it. I'm probably going to take a small break from Engage uh, to play this because it it really is something that I would rather get into. Um, you haven't beat it yet, have you, Seth? No. Okay. Um, and I, I'm still trying to decide if I want to like go for the 100%. Um, mm, ooh. Because there is, uh, unlike in Dread, there's no, there's nothing here that shows on the map where um, 
power-ups are missing, so I don't actually, like, I don't know uh, where I'm, like, the places where I'm passing up stuff, and it's just, it's also frustrating to, like, have those gaps in the scan log, and I want to go and find that stuff. Um, Though I'm pretty sure I was looking at it the other day, I think there was a boss that I didn't scan, so it it may be that that's a lost cause anyway. so yeah, I I don't know, but uh I'm I no, I'm not not finished with it yet. Okay. Well, I I'll probably catch up to you and we'll we'll talk about it next week. That sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. There's some controversy when it uh, apparently in the credits they didn't all they didn't have any of the original designers like in the credits. There's just like a little mm. Little page saying, like, thanks to the original designers of Metroid Prime, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I saw that. I don't love it. I I wonder what Dead Space does. I'm curious. Yeah, what Dead Space does, because um, I don't want to. You know, that's another game where it is sort of a, um, uh, you know, very deliberate. <laughs> Uh, beat by beat remake um, yeah. and so I don't want to hold one game to a standard that I'm not holding another game to um, right. and so I um, but it it is interesting with these um, once again we had a long conversation a while ago um, on what constitutes a remaster remake uh, re I'm trying to think of any of the clever terms that people have used, but you know, remind, remind, like any, <laughs> uh, you reboot, know, reboot, um, like what what constitutes these things, and uh, um, and how much work goes into them, and where credit should be attributed, and uh, there's a larger conversation that needs to probably happen in the games industry, especially since. A lot of content now is weaponized nostalgia uh, or nostalgia for the sake of it so that it is an easy sell. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is Sony's entire play right now is to remake games that you love in HD um, almost beat for uh, exactly beat for beat, um, you know, um, and who's in those credits. You know, what I mean, as any of the original Naughty Dog people that were in the Last of Us one that were not there for or or the, the remaster newest. or the new part one, yeah, like where's the credit attributed and stuff like that. Um, and that's an interesting conversation that I am not qualified to lead, uh, <laughs> but one that where I can pose questions and yeah, uh, it's something to at least think about. You know, yeah, even if we don't have. Because all, you know, art is iterative. And, yeah. But at the same time, when you are remaking things so um, so closely, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I can say I drew Goku, but I really put tracing paper over a TV screen. <laughs> yeah. And I outlined <laughs> Goku. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I would buy those magazines, the Famitsu Dragon Ball Z magazines yeah. back in the day. and do tracing paper over them and like (laughs) 
Look what I, I drew. Yeah, 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 I literally did that with Naruto <laughs> yeah, back in middle and school. Like, so, like, at what point do I credit the artist? <laughs> yeah. or, you know, I did it. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> this is my work. Right. It's, it came from it's, my hands. <laughs> it's hard. It's it's weird. Um, it's it's uh, yeah. It's it's a messy situation. Yeah. That I I think deserves uh, more. I I do think maybe what they did for this was not the best in doing a splash yeah. screen saying this game is. Would it, I think it basically was like this wouldn't have been possible without the work put into it by the original team or something. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you go and watch a show on Disney Plus right now and uh, you have to subtract your estimated view time by like 25 minutes because they credit everyone <laughs> every in every person. language they possibly can. Yeah. Uh, and in a video Which game. Is great. Which is great, uh, but in a video game, you're not losing out by just rolling the credits a little longer. Yeah, um, especially when you can just hit start and skip them anyway. Exactly. Um, if I do love a game, I don't know about YouTube, but if I do like really love a game, I will sit with the credits and yeah, uh, I, I will and let them. You know what? I, I, this is a, a pro tip to developers. Throw some stuff like for me to look at in those credits. Yeah. I, I always the, sit through credits. The Hi-Fi uh, Rush credits had like a whole epilogue kind of uh, an- animation that was oh, playing. Oh, I'm so it. close to beating that game. Like, I, I'm not, but it's uh, fun. It's a great game. Man. But yeah, I, I sit through credits every time I hit them uh, in, in in games and when I'm like going to the movies or something. Um, it's just something that I did as a kid, like my mom liked doing it, so I did that whenever we would go somewhere. And that just ca- carried over into when I beat games, I s- sit there for the whole thing. Because there are times where the credits are an intentional part of the experience as well. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, Sayonara Wild Hearts had a credit section. Uh, freaking Kingdom Hearts Dream Job Distance is one that I replayed those credits multiple times because there's like a secret thing you unlock by doing certain stuff during the credits and shooting out certain names. Who can forget the the, the credits of Super Smash Bros. Yeah, exactly. Turn it into a a shooter. Yeah, turn it into a minigame. In Bayonetta, every single... At least in 1 and 2, I can't remember if 3 had this. Um, But during the credits sequences, you just go back and do older fights. Like, it just throws fights at you while the credits are playing. So... Yeah, I'll. I just always sit through them, even if there's nothing going on, because I, I like seeing the names of the people that worked on these things. You know, yep. it's my little way of. They will never know me. I will never know them. It, but it is a small way of me giving, uh, credit and dedication to their time yep. spent on this thing that I have also spent time on on the opposite <laughs> on the other side of the coin. Some Our, other thoughts about Prime, just to throw out there. Uh, I, I posted this in the Discord. At one point, I turned off the hint system, um, which kind of directs you in where your next big fight or big upgrade is. If you've been, um, like, if you're not going in that, if you spend enough time not going in that direction, 
uh, I turned it off and played for it like for a while with it, and I did get completely lost. Like not lost, but re- or re- just rather, I have no idea like where the next thing I'm going to, and I was just going through a bunch of the same places over and over. I uh, did not realize how much I relied on that uh, in at the like at the early part of my playthrough and yeah. when, when I played it last. Uh, so that was that was kind of a fun experience. Uh, and then when I finally turned it back on, I was like, oh, of course. That's where I was supposed to go. Um, and also, uh, a question to pose to you two. Um, so obviously we got the uh, the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance stuff um, coming, and it was shown that Metroid Fusion is going to be one of the Game Boy Advance games. Ooh. Do you think when that comes out, it will include the connectivity with Metroid Prime that will allow you to get the Fusion suit in the game? It would be really nice, but I don't know if Nintendo is going to put in the effort to make that connectivity happen. And it is something that they have done with previous consoles. Um, The main one that I can think of for me was on the DS, like during Mega Man ZX. If you had Mega Man Zero 3 or 4 in your Game Boy Advance slot of your DS or your DS Lite you unlock some boss fights in a secret area towards the end of the game. Um, well, I mean, yeah, that's like Nintendo's done a lot a lot. Like that was in the first Metroid Prime. You could yes, connect, yes. You could exactly get the fusion suit. I just didn't want to uh, reuse and, the same example, you know. And so I just like <laughs> I wonder and are, it, it's, it's the pieces are there, will they connect them? Yeah, it's just yeah. because it's in this other application rather than you directly connecting the other cartridge to yeah. the game itself. I just wonder if if that will be... Because there doesn't appear to be any... I mean, of course, I haven't beat the game, and maybe if you beat it at 100%, you can unlock it. I don't know. It's possible. I don't put anything past them. Yeah. I Both in a good way and a bad way. Exactly. You know? That's the problem. Is it... What would be the coolest is if they changed it to the freaking dread suit. Oh, I was literally about to yeah. say oh that. My gosh, I, playing through Prime as a Metroid Dread costume that shoot uh, would be amazing. I speaking of the dread suit for a quick aside, I pre-ordered a Figma of that last week. Ooh. Uh and that's going to come in this like in March of next year. Yeah. So, Sometimes super stoked you, for that. When you get those figures, nice. it's uh, it's a waiting game. Yes. Uh, th- but it that, is nice that a year, a year, coolest. a year down the road, and you just get it in the mail, and yeah, you know, get really excited because you forgot about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's exactly my justification for my like. <laughs> $300 I dropped on that Cthulhu board game yeah. that's not going to be delivered <laughs> until December of this year. It'd be like that. But when it arrives, it's going to be, uh, be awesome. Seth will have to come over for like a whole week of board gaming to justify <laughs> oh, yeah. this purchase. I'm, I'm down. Um, uh, a Metroid board game. Uh, yeah. Just throwing that out into the ether. You're, you're asking for the monkey paw to curl because right now. Yeah. Uh, as much as you hate them, the people that are pumping out quality licensed board, and I genuinely mean, not to make this a board, I genuinely mean quality licensed board games is Funko. They are releasing a ton of like very good licensed board games. Uh, 
And I hate to hear that. I love to hear it, but I hate to hear yeah, that it's Funko. Yeah. They're doing a very good, but they have all the licenses as is. Yeah. Right? You know, so, that's fair. Um, good for them. <laughs> I guess. Um, Seth just asking for the monkey paw to curl. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, Forrest, what have you played? Uh, aside from Engage, I really have just been focusing on that and Hi Fi Rush. I am, like I said a little bit, uh, a few minutes ago, I'm so close to beating that game. I think I have yeah. like maybe one or t- like one play session left of it. I think I have like two missions left. Um, but I I can't express how just enjoyable this game is. Like I, I liked it a lot for the first like half of the game, but like once all of the all of the party gets together and all the all these characters start meshing and gelling, uh it it really just becomes like a whole new different experience, both from a writing standpoint and also combat. Um Absolutely. You're to, and it just like Every single encounter now, I am, like, there are so many enemies in a lot of these now, but, like, I'm not overwhelmed with them because I'm just more excited of, like, how can I fit everyone in while I am also trying to fit my own rhythms and combos. And, like, it's a, this game does a really wonderful job of introducing, establishing, and letting you learn concepts before they then re- repeat the process with a new set of compact or concepts and mechanics. Um, it is a wonderfully designed game for the most part. Like there are very few things that I have problems with, and it's mostly just with a certain like special type enemies that you can you can defeat them like normal um if you really mess up some quick time rhythm like rhythm events um but yeah some of these special enemies um like if you fail on these quick time events for them then you just have to take them down normally except like they have super pulls of health like you're supposed to beat them with that special event which always looks cool every time but it is like the one problem I have in combat is just that these special enemies are, they pretty much like take priority um, on like who, like when you are getting attacked and taking damage. And like I said, there like some of these later combat encounters, there's a lot going on of both from the enemy perspective and from the player side of things. So you have these enemies that kind of just halt the flow of combat Gotcha. So that you can do a one-on-one quick time duel with them. And it still like perfectly fits within the mechanics that the game establishes. And that's still fun, but it feels so disconnected from the rest of what you are doing in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um but aside from that, I really don't have any problems with the game. It feels a little janky on some platforming stuff, um, but like it very much does feel like a callback to an older era of games in a good way, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm super done to beating that. I feel like we probably talked about it a few weeks ago, but like this thing's absolutely suplex certified for me. I it. I've had this much fun with an action game since DMC5. 
you know. It's very good. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's one specific move that I really like. It's um it's a charge move on the light attack button where you literally just do it like a quick slash through an enemy and it just makes me feel like I'm playing as Virgil. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but nice. yeah. Between those two I never, things. I never use the charge attacks all that much. Uh, I'm a sucker for charge attacks, to be honest. They're a really, like, they're a way for me to kind of relax at the end of my combos, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Hold a button down and then smash them. Yeah, exactly. You, like, you do a bunch of crazy stuff and you build up to this huge, cool combo climax and then you end it with just a nice, long note, essentially. It's cool. Yeah. It is cool. Um, all right. With that, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with uh, some spoiler talk about Last of Us, the game and the show, because you can't talk about either without talking about either, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's illegal. So... Uh, <laughs> If you don't want to know about the show up to episode five, which was the latest one right before the Super Bowl, then turn this off uh, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk to you next week, blah, 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 blah. But if you want to listen to hear our takes, we're at least forced to nice takes on The Last of Us, um, then uh, listen on after the break. Hi, Big Joe here, and I'm here to tell you to check out Suplex the Sticks on all social media platforms at at Suplex the Sticks. Links for the socials and the invite to our Discord are in the show notes below. Subscribe and review the show on your favorite podcatcher, and while you're at it, let your friends know about the podcast. It's the best way to help us grow our community. And with that, back to the show. And we're back. All right, let's... Talk about this HBO show. We're not going to talk too long. Because um, at the end of the day, uh, we're I want to do a more thorough conversation about it at the end. Because yeah. uh, I'm going to find a way to incentivize Seth to watch the show. Pay him a um, $5 like, per episode. Um, so that we can... Honestly, I think the issue is that like... I really don't remember a whole lot from the game. And so, like, I've been seeing each week all the stuff that's new, but it's just like, I I, I, I don't really, the my reference point has just erased um, yeah. from my brain. Um, so I don't have that thing to be like, ooh, what's going to happen? How do they change it? Like, because I, I, I just don't remember any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the point that I'm at, because I didn't beat the entirety of the first game i think i got like 60 to 70 something percent through it so like i know some of like the general more i i know where most of like the direction of the show is going plot wise so but it was so long ago and i didn't get the full picture that it's like it's still new to me you know, and I guess here I, but I am the resident last of us thing. Yeah, yep. That's yep. <laughs> I, I'm dragging you. It's all your favorite game. It. Here's here's the frustrating <laughs> thing. 
And I want to be sincere about it. This is a much better television show than it is a video game. I would absolutely agree on that. Because I know the problems I had with that game. And they're completely alleviated by just not having to play it. But still seeing the story through the show. So, Seth, I think that, if anything, you are alleviated of the burden of rolling your eyes at a lot of the annoying look at this thing we slavishly did to make it look like the video game yeah uh Uh, and there are multiple times where it's just like okay we get it this look this laundromat looks exactly the same as the one that they crashed into or like this street this this encounter looks exactly the same as it did in the video game like it's there is so much of that where it like it's really cool to see the characters of, or at least the actors of Pedro Pascal and, oh my God, I need to give her appropriate credit. Yes. Who plays Ellie, my brain. Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. Yes. She is watching them to go through the environments of the video game is kind of cool. But it doesn't have to be so aggressively. Look at this carbon copy type of thing we did. Um, which happens. And especially after playing Last of Us Part 1 in a hyper HD, they may as well just be walking 8K. through a video game. Yeah. Uh, and some of those scenes. Um, man, uh, Seth, I will say this show is already doing... Uh, five episodes in a much better job with Joel. Uh, oh, I would agree. Then it makes me understand what people saw in Joel, I guess. Like, uh, I like I so I'm actually like almost at the opposite side of things because I know what your thoughts on Joel were after you played through part one. And like this show is kind of making me see that side of like oh i feel like he like this version of joel at least from what my memory memory was of from the game like pedro pascal's version of joel at point seems a lot more stern and standoffish i don't know man and, i and also like definitely is doing things out of selfishness for his idea of what ellie could be for him instead of what she actually is it's there is a lot of moments where Joel is showing genuine emotion early on around the uh so we'll break it down. The first episode is um of course the Sarah yep. Sarah dying um kind of badly in my <laughs> opinion like it it really in the game it's a lot more like Oh wow, that sucks. He was carrying her, but it seems like he almost like uses her as a shield. <laughs> like it did, it didn't come across right in the in the show, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and uh, so the first episode is essentially uh, the Sarah storyline, and then Joel and Ellie meeting for the first time. Yeah, and then and then have, the. Uh, the, the establishment of Tess and the rest of the quarantine them, zone. Them sneaking out of the QZ. Yeah. Then episode two, Seth, is 
um, where it basically episode two ends with the death of Tess. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And then episode three is uh, where it deviates the most and there's no way you can't know it deviates because uh, they decide to give Bill a fully fleshed out storyline uh, and show him and Frank's relationship. And it basically... That was episode three, wasn't yes. it? I, for and some the, reason, my mind kept it, thinking it, it was It actually four. only features Joel and Ellie and Joel even for like maybe five or ten minutes out of the 60 minutes. Yeah, I would say about ten. Um, it's mainly showing Bill and Frank's relationship and um, emotional journey through uh, the period of the 20 years that from when it hits the fan and then to now. Yeah. Um, now who's then, Bill? Bill is the, uh, <laughs> Bill is the crazy guy that sets up traps. Okay. And yeah. you, you find his, uh, partner slash lover that hung himself in the house when you're leaving the town after Bill has died. Yeah. Um, with the, the letter saying, that he ran away because he couldn't stand him anymore. Um, I like the show right, version right, much okay, better. Okay, okay. I, <laughs> the, I, the I'm, sh- I'm remembering this part of the game. <laughs> I also want to note, Neil Druckmann wanted to do the Bill storyline just like it was in the video game. And Craig Mazin said, ah, no, no let's do sir. this. And <laughs> let's do this, this much better was, idea that was... This is much better. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. So I've seen some people, a lot of people, calling it like the best episode of television ever. Wrong. I don't it's very know, good. I don't know if it's the best episode of TV ever, but it... Uh, it was very... It's very, very it's good. It's wonderfully acted. Um, episode four is the journey to... Um, what in this game is Kansas City instead of Philadelphia? Yes, because they are going to Wyoming now to meet Tommy, Tommy. or try to save Tommy, yeah, or whatever. Um, and then episode four ends in them meeting Henry and Sam, yes, and then episode five is Henry and Sam. Oh, uh, th- that was beautiful. Let me tell you, this show, Seth, is so good when it is not focusing on Joel and Ellie. (laughs) When it is showing the other characters dealing with this world and engaging with it, it is like, oh, man, this is really, really good and really, like, unique. And I'm loving watching this. And then you get back to the, you know, grumpy Joel and yeah. Ellie storyline. And I will say that is a like that's a wonderful thing that telling this story through this medium instead of a video game is heavily benefiting from because when you're playing a game, you kind of have to be stuck as Joel with Ellie. Right. You can't and you only get little peeks into like these other characters' lives through like the short, I would say maybe 20 minutes worth at most of cutscenes between yeah. them all and some like journal logs and stuff. Right. Instead of getting a full hour, like in some cases right. with them of just no Joel and Ellie interaction, you know? So the, the Henry and Sam episode, you get legit like 
the first 20 minutes of the episode is just Henry and Sam. I love to hear that. And then this is the one episode I've not seen at this point yet. Um, But I hear it will tear me apart. (laughs) It will. Marianne has only been passively watching this show while I'm watching it. Um, And really, at the end of the day, I'm also, A, I'm watching it to talk about it on the show. But B, I'm also watching it because I love Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah. And I. He's stellar. uh, He's one of my favorite beings on this universe (laughs) or in this universe. Uh, Very wholesome. And I, I love their acting ability, his acting ability, and I just I want the best for him. Yeah. And um, watching him go through this is great. Watching Ellie is also great. Bella Ramsey is knocking it out of out of the park. Yeah, they're killing it. I it like as as much as I generally care about like all of the other characters and like seeing their stories and stuff partially because i'm a little more unfamiliar with them than i am with joel and ellie just because of you know our histories with the games in the series as a whole they also add characters yeah for so seth one of the things the show does that's very interesting is it will it continuously kind of uh switches what your expectation of what they're going to be running into, whether it's going to be running into infected or running into Fedra. Like there's a lot of times where it's like, Oh, they're supposed to be running into clickers here and they're running into bandits actually. Yeah. Or they're supposed to run into bandits and there's clickers or stuff like that. Um, Interesting. I don't know. I don't know why they've made that decision. Uh, maybe to keep you on your toes more. One of them, Seth, I this is also why I wanted you to watch the show. The ending of episode two is one of the most disturbing pieces of media I've ever seen in my life. To the point that I like heavily question why they went about it that no, way. No, I have not talked to one person that thought this was good. And okay. I, I have friends that like love The Last of Us. Yeah. Maybe too much. <laughs> and I, I say that to them. I'm like, this is not this good of a video game. <laughs> You need to stop. It's not Golden Sun. I um, like really. I got something uh, I can tell you after the show in uh, regards to that specific like phrase that okay. you just said. Um, and so it at the end of the day, it, it's a it is a good show. But uh, Seth, let me tell you. So you know that Tess dies, right? I mean, you you played the game. Yeah. Tess dies sure. in a in a standoff with Fedra to give Joel and Ellie time to get away. Yeah, right. Now, what if I told you that the MacGuffin they've made for uh, spores? Now, I, I like this MacGuffin, and they will probably will use this idea in Last of Us Part Three, guaranteed. Uh, it is works. That if you step on certain tendrils, it will alert the infected horde that you are near. Okay. And they they will know where you're at. Yeah. Um, very back for blood with the birds. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Uh, uh, um, just have I'm them sit there. Need, of course I, I want to shoot them. I need you to stop right there. <laughs> and so you, you – Tess knows she's bit and she knows that she can't go on. So she sends Joel and Ellie off on their way. They've accidentally alerted the horde. 
instead of Fedra. One of the <laughs> moments where they have um, they have switched up. They have switched up, and then and I'm not joking. I'm not joking. The the zomb- infected horde runs past her towards Joel and Ellie, and one infected turns its head to her while she's trying to light this lighter to, yeah. to explode them all. Yeah, because there's like a, she poured oil and gasoline everywhere and yeah. there's grenades on the floor. And it, it grabs her by the back of the neck and For sticks its uh, tendril tongues. Its tendril tongues into her mouth. And she is fully aware and conscious for this whole thing. The shot, like camera cinematography-wise, is very close and so uncomfortable. It feels like it's trying to say something about losing your personhood through assault and, like, all this sort of weird stuff. But, like, I, I, it was so bad. Uh, And it looked bad. It's just uncomfortable. It felt bad. Yeah. There's no, like... It felt uncomfortable with no substance. Yeah, and, and like, I remember it, 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 like it, it doesn't really make sense to what the actual no. infected are. Correct. So here's the thing: you ready for this? I'm I'm so ready to tell you this because this man is my nemesis. <laughs> I don't understand. I didn't why watch he the post episode interview. It wasn't for this. in the post episode. Okay, okay. I am putting myself through the most pain here. <laughs> Because I am listening to the HBO hosted podcast about this. Oh, beautiful. Guess, guess who the host of the HBO podcast is? I mean, Your favorite man. Druckman. It's Troy Baker. Even worse. And he is host <laughs> he is hosting it while while Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin tell him about why the show is the way it is. And if mm-hmm. you I and I, the problem is I like Craig Mazin. Marzen, I don't know how to say his last name. Craig. We'll just say Craig. I like him a lot. Chernobyl was fantastic. This is the problem. You want to hear two people sound so proud of anything they've ever made. And it is Neil and Troy. And it is terrible to listen to. (laughs) And all you hear is Neil go... You know, at the end of the day, The Last of Us is about love, and this is us showing that even the the infected have a have a sense of love, and it's a big circle of love. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? What is he this on? Makes so no was sense. the infected like getting his rocks off? Then, a <laughs> uh, dude, I, I don't. How does know, this show that they have love? I don't know. I don't. There's no I reason I, for a zombie I'm to not, French somebody. I'm not making this up to you. You could go listen to it yourself. I don't. I'm good. I'm not. I, when he said it in the podcast, I looked. I I blinked a lot because I had a stroke. I think. And, and, and Troy is over there, just like it's it's so true, and it's just like oh what are you talking about? What is happening? <laughs> And it's, uh, oh Jesus! Huh. I don't That's know. Very strange. Did, did they explain why they did it at all? Because it's about love. Oh, that's mm. not an explanation. It symbolizes love. That's why. Like it. Oh God! Would it surprise you that that episode was fully directed by Neil Druckmann? Because <laughs> it didn't surprise me after I found that. That out. makes so much. It sense. It makes a lot of sense. Because that episode was weird. Wow. Okay. So one thing I do want to note: I was listening. I I listen to a lot of podcasts, of course. Um, 
one thing that has been noticeably missing from The Last of Us TV show is any credit to Amy Hennig yeah. and Bill. Oh, I can't remember his last name. Skarsgård? No. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two. So the thing is, Last of Us Part One was not made solely by Neil Druckmann. Nope. It was course. made by Neil Druckmann, Amy Hennig, and Bill. Bill. I can't remember his last name. <laughs> Bill sorry, from Left Bill. for Dead. Um, Bill Nye, the science guy. Famously, Last of Us Part Two only headed by Neil Druckmann. Of course. Seems like that there was some uh, people around him that kept his ideas in check. Uh, As yeah. a writing room should <laughs> yeah. always do. Um, seems right. like there was two people that kept him in check for part one. Because even though I don't agree with even though I don't agree with a lot of what the message uh and the character motivations of Last was Part One, I understand the story and I the game was fun to play and I liked aspects of the story and I just felt like it didn't land in the end. I've from everything I've heard about last of us Two, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. You got to play it, man. And I, and at this point I have to play it as soon as the season ends, <laughs> I'm just going to put myself through last of us part two. Cause they are already going to do part two. They've already, it got renewed for the second season. Have they season. done any of the stuff from the left behind? DLC? No, they've said Not they're yet. going to. I'm almost curious and to see if season two is just actually like no, if season one is not going to be the full first game. It is the full first game for sure. They've okay. already said. Gotcha. They've already said that season one is the full first game, and season two will be the full mm-hmm. second. game. That's low key surprising to me. Um, I thought that HBO would have wanted to stretch this out as much as they possible. They are not. Well, I, I've seen that them talking about how one season is probably not enough to. Do all of the Last of Us two? That's possible. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, they are adamant that at least season one is all of the first game. Okay. Um. So I, you know, I just, I don't know. the The show is at its best when it is highlighting characters that are not Joel and Ellie on some yeah, levels. Absolutely. Um, and despite the fact that like Joel and Ellie's interactions are wonderful, usually, like I, yeah, I, they're very well acted, written for the most part. They there have a very, some changes very, to Ellie though that immediately takes away a lot of the, um. So one of the things I've always hated about the ending of Last of Us is that Ellie knowingly makes the choice going in that she knows she might die when she gets to that hospital. Like, she knows that she is going there to be a test subject, essentially. She obviously has come to some sort of terms with that. Yeah. In this show, Seth, and for... Like, I don't know how much... But what has happened is that she was stolen from a Fedra school by people that put her there because they said that they would they would keep her safe. And like she wasn't raised a firefly. She wasn't around them. She doesn't trust Marlene. Like there's a whole sort of weird she's being kept prisoner by these people. Yeah sort of aspect to it where that takes away 
her choice of self-sacrifice, which Joel is robbing her of in the end, and then lying to her about it in the end also. Yeah. So, like, how do we reach that? Presumably that will be part of her journey through this game, through this show. Because it's not like throughout the entirety of the game she was she knew that she was going to her death i i think that she had to know that there was an aspect of it that she might have died like it had to be in her brain you know what i mean she knew she was going to doctors to be used in this way that's the that's the thing is that my you know, it like he robbed her of that choice, which was sad. She went in knowing. She and and then woke up. Yeah, but up. I don't think the I don't think the reality of that comes into focus until like the end of near the end of the game. Um, and and I you have more framing because you've played too. So yeah, I I may be missing some of the framing there, and that's. That's fine. Uh, I need to play it. I understand. Uh, I hate that. I said that, I guess, but here I am. Uh, You know, I guess I get to watch. uh, You know, at least I get to watch this Joel die. So that's fine. Yeah. I'll take that. But I mean, it also might be that they want to, they're going to present the ending in a different way. Oh, that's definitely what they're going for. They're. They are, you don't because you don't change the setup like that so much if you're yeah. just going to do the same yeah. ending. Um, they are definitely going to play it differently, especially because this Joel is much more sympathetic and emotional than the game Joel. He has emotions. He expresses them. There are times where he is hardened and where he doesn't, but there are moments where it seeps through and he is genuine. Like he's reading this letter from Bill and he, the pain on his face and he crumples up the letter. And I'm like, that is why you get Pedro Pascal right there. Yes. A a quick thing about the writing. It it is that scene specifically that has gotten me thinking about it ever since when he's reading the letter from Bill is that any mention of Tess post episode two, Joel is just so quick to cut it he does not want to think of like the fact that he lost what like pretty much the only person you could consider a friend for him yeah like and it's it's a thing in the game that i don't remember being a thing really but like you see the pain of it on pedro's face did you get the vibe that tess and joel were in a relationship sith and Last of Us. I mean, I don't know it. I'll tell you what. It's I never say, did. Yeah, I don't think so. It was clear that they were close. Um. Okay. As close as Joel could be with anyone in the state he was in, I guess. So, like, it, it, also, it may be more like Forrest said, like that she was kind of the only person he felt that he could trust. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. A, it, it's weird because, again, you just sort of are dropped into it without any, without getting a whole lot of backstory on their relationship. Sure, but I will say the show does the same thing of like you don't really 
know their yeah. history. But you're but you're definitely given Joel using pills and alcohol, and then he is the little spoon to Tess. And that's not even me being sarcastic. That yeah. is that is physically what happens. Yeah. And then it's like only again, one but I think scene, it's though. also like that may just be a thing that they've they thought they could change because they had someone as dynamic as Pedro Pascal. Or Maybe, or right. at least that they had changed Joel into a more dynamic character. They definitely have changed Joel into a more <laughs> dynamic character. It's that's this is also why because it's not so much the video game differences, it is let I am so I'm also just fascinated by this from a man. <laughs> this is a different Joel completely. Yeah. Like from a this writing standpoint. Yeah. And, and I don't know how much of that is Neil rewriting stuff or the show being like, you really can't follow this guy for nine episodes. Yeah. Unless you give him something. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's interesting. Um Yeah, it's it's a weird show. I like it a lot. Uh Mary yeah, watched this too. watched this latest episode and she did not have a good time. And I understand because it was very sad. Yeah. Um Yeah, it was rough. It it was as rough as Henry and Sam is in the the game. Yeah. I they um they were I like those characters a lot, like those yeah. two. I think they are – I'm a sucker for, um, like, characters that are kind of like a reflection of your leads, right, right. you know? Like, yeah. I love characters that have a dichotomy and a duality like them with the leads. And I thought – I always thought uh, Sam and Henry were, like, an, another version kind of – or going through similar things as Ellie and Joel were. And I love characters like that. Cause it's almost like you can, you can't, you could follow them into their own story. You know, I love yep. thinking about because that makes a, a world that you're te- telling a story and feel larger and more lived in when you have characters coming and going like that. Um, but yeah, like I said before, I, I have not watched this latest episode yet but I know who I am as a person. And uh, my girlfriend, Allie also knows who I am as a person. She has watched this episode. Uh, I (laughs) definitely think I am going to be a horrible mess afterwards. Um, It's too bad (laughs) that they weren't more literal uh, uh, mirrors of Joel and Ellie. And and one of them was immune as well. Because then it would be less sad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm leaving out like one or two things that are is really sad that ends up happening to uh in, in a weird way, like um because I don't remember in the show, in the game, does Ellie try to heal Sam when everything goes down? I don't know. Okay. I don't I rather I uh, do not remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um she definitely does hear. And that's kind of sad mm. when she realizes she's not able to do that. Um but it uh yeah, they 
They there's only th- four episodes left of this oh. show, which is wild. Uh, somehow we have to get through uh, the cannibals yep. and presumably some left behind stuff and the hospital and the college in four episodes. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be it'll a probably pace. yeah. Be they definitely much more uh, Joel and Ellie oriented. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Is that they definitely won't be able to keep up that pacing of like a Joel and Ellie episode and then a character backstory episode and then go no, no, back. They're, they're, they, but it's also they it's might. also likely that they'll do Game of Thrones style and episodes will just get longer and longer. There, the the episodes have been at varying length. So the first one was like an hour and a half. The second one was an hour. The third one was an hour and 15 minutes. The fourth one was 45 minutes out of nowhere. And then this one was an hour. Um, it was weird. Weird. Pay- yeah. Um, and, you know, I would bet that, you know, I, I could see that the last one being an hour and a half. Uh, I hope they don't pull a Stranger Things and make it like two hours long. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, like f- f- making the last two episodes two movies essentially. Uh, that's so stupid. Um, but, you know, who knows what they're going to do. It's it's The Last of Us. That's what it is. It's the the discourse never ends. It's my curse. You'll never be free of it. I'll never be free of it. Uh, I can't be free of it. This is my burden. This is my cross to bear for all of you. Uh, <laughs> yep. Joel, Last of Us, and Ellie, Last of Us. The the adventures of the Last of Us is. Uh, no, it's I'm Joel and Ellie see, of us. Yeah, I'm excited to see Tommy because I loved Tommy in episode one. Yeah, haven't got to see Tommy since. I. I kind of just want to talk about episode one real quick. I really do love how much time they spent with just Joel and Tommy and Sarah at the beginning. Yeah, there I liked it a lot. It also dragged a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I could agree on that. And like the neighbors and stuff. Like I yeah. like seeing these interactions. I think that episode was always kind of going to be doomed from the start because, like, you know where it is going to end pretty much exactly. Um, and you would, and at least we know what it is building up to. So we're kind of just waiting for that and everything yeah. else is just. I sort of wish we had someone on the show that hadn't seen, hadn't played the game. Yeah. Because uh, right now the main vehicle that I, I, I'm watching it going over to, um, you know, Seth's parents house um and watching it with zach and we're watching it and i am mainly watching it through his eyes of his like you know like what is happening like and the thing is there's even moments there's even moments where he's like that must be from the game because they like really linger on stuff from the game and like to the point where he can notice um my favorite was during the mouth kiss he was like what is happening? And I was like, I don't know. Dude. That uh, yeah. I don't know. But he was just like, that's not, and I was like, nope, that's don't know what that's from. Uh, so it's from Neil Druckmann's twisted mind. Yeah. But he's enjoying it. So good. 
Marianne less so. She just watches it because we're watching it, essentially. So she's waiting for the next. She's waiting for Mandalorian, which is in March. March we're 1st. all waiting for some new Pedro Pascal show, aren't Amen. we? Amen. Always. <laughs> I get, keep giving that man jobs. Yeah. And I'll watch him. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with this show. I, I'm, I, that's four episodes left. We're, it's crazy that they're only over the doing home. nine. I know. That's such a weird number, too. It is a weird specific number. Especially because, like... Especially when some of the episodes are longer than an hour. Yeah, and, like, the first three episodes clearly are not some form of, like, predetermined, like, arc, you know? So you can't even split the season up into three arcs. Um, Like, it's just... I don't know. It feels a little weird. I feel like it probably could... Like, I don't know. We we will find out how these next four episodes play out. But I definitely think that they are going to end up having some pacing issues and just kind of like rushing through things or mashing things together to try and get us to the end point on time. And I don't think that maybe that or I think that maybe we could have extended an episode or two and gotten there a little more. <laughs> with no with no idea of how this will actually play out, I think we could maybe have gotten there better. Yeah. But we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, Seth, did you have any more questions about The Last of Us or any more musings? Mm, I don't think so. I, right, I, I think I, I'm definitely... It's interesting this talk has made me kind of more want to play the game again rather than watch the show um (laughs) oh gosh because it is weird like i want to be able to remember all the stuff that i've forgotten but maybe watching the show will actually prompt some stuff that i don't definitely and allow me to uh remember those scenes as they are Uh, there's no way it doesn't prompt stuff because it is so dude like it on some sometimes it's neat and it's like oh that's cute yeah other times it's like it's like okay, we get it we get it we get it we get it please keep moving I definitely think by the time this season ends I will probably replay and finish one at some point within like in the next few months afterwards we're all the last of us yep the last of us you know uh, I'd be curious to see what someone's experience would be like. Like in Seth's case, like if you go back and replay the game, but then like watch these specific character deep dive episodes, you know, like, I don't know. I think there could be an interesting experiment there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there wasn't a lot of news this week, so that's why we did a Last of Us discussion. Woo! Mid-season check-in. Um if you, you know, want to keep listening, we will do another one of these at the end of the season and Seth will be able to partake, I think. Um, so that'll be good. Um, we appreciate you listening as always. My, like, my voice got caught. We appreciate you listening to us preach at yeah, you. Appreciate, appreciate you listening to us as always. And we will talk at you next week. Bye-bye. Laters. Amen.